Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Mike Dodds, and I serve as the uh, director of CU Press here at Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. And today my guest is Mr. John Hansen. He's the assistant director of Village Missions. Well, welcome to the conversation, John. So glad to be here. So glad and so appreciate Calvary University. Good. You're at a conference here, and I appreciate you taking time out. But let's just jump right into the conversation. What is Village Missions? Uh, explain your ministry of your organization. Yeah, Village Missions is a support uh, ministry that supports missionary pastor couples or single guys that are, uh, are called to reach rural North America with the gospel of Christ. Uh, our theme is Village Missions exists to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by developing spiritually vital churches in rural North America. And we do that by uh, going into communities, getting invited by churches in small communities where there is no other gospel work. And those churches invite us to provide a missionary pastor for them to team with them uh, so to help them carry out their ministry of taking the gospel to their community. What we do as far as Village Missions is concerned is we stand with those missionaries to carry out what they do. We support them financially, prayerfully, uh, with educational understanding, dealing with how to be better equipped. We also uh, come alongside those churches so that they uh, we provide resources for those churches, not just financially, but in education, biblical education and, and strategy so that they are uh, obviously biblically sound, but current with what's going on in their uh, communities and to stand with them. We do a lot of brainstorming with those churches and those missionaries. And that's part of my job is to come is to stand with those folks so that they uh, go into the future and are able to engage their culture with the gospel that never changes, but cultures can come and go and, and warp into various ways of doing things. But we want those folks to be able to stand strong in the gospel of Christ. So that's pretty much what we do. Now, it, 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 you are a, a rural small town ministry? Right. Yeah. Right. And we look at rural in three different aspects of how uh -huh. to define it, which is always an interesting thing, Mike, right. is how to define it. We have the real rural where there's no town at all. Uh, we have churches that are, they have, the members of their church are maybe even 30 miles from each other. Uh, and the church is in, usually in the middle of them. And then we have the small town rural uh, where there's, uh, where there's a need, where there is a church uh, but the only gospel preaching church, or maybe it's even a church that doesn't preach the gospel, but we go in there and, and revitalize that church so that it does preach the gospel uh, and those small towns. And then we have the urban, uh, which are more of the bedroom communities that where the highway, the, most of the people work in the big city someplace. And so these are out, outskirts of the cities little towns that uh, people from the cities have moved to. And so those three areas of, uh, of ministry are our focus. The, uh, those, those, that's how we define rural as far as our focus is concerned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are, are these uh, churches that 
Yeah, I, I've gotten the impression that, uh, you know, just looking at your paperwork or, or online at the organization, that these are churches that they don't have a pastor right now. Right. And so you put right. flat pastor there. So they're real yes. small, most of them. Some of them, but some of them, uh, they, uh, because of where they're located, they can't find a pastor that wants to go or understands what it means to go there. We have folks that want to, that we hear about that go to Bible college or seminary or whatever, or from big cities or whatever. And that's, they, they think of life only in the uh, big city context. And those folks don't see a need or have a calling in their life that they are aware of to go to any place but the cities. And so we have some churches that could, could afford a pastor, but they can't find one that's biblically sound and wants to go to their community, not as a stepping stone, but as a life calling to go care for that area and that understands what it means to do ministry in a rural context. So yeah, some a lot of them, they can't afford it. And so we give financial, we have ministry partners that allow us to be able to support those missionary couples so that they don't have another job. They are full time with us uh, and we have that context. But some of the churches, they just they look to us because of our vetting process that we provide uh, well equipped folks that understand rural context. And so that's yeah, finances, but also people that are prepared to go to rural is also what they look to us for. Cool. I, you know, I, I wonder, John, in, in what we just went through this last year nationally and, and around the world with the COVID restrictions and everything, and everybody had restrictions on you. And I, I, I don't know what you found in the uh, smaller churches there, uh, but, but, it, but it raises a question in my mind that people have found that they could do church online. Now, that means the churches themselves, you know, we, we went online for a while, um, but yet we're in a, 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 a here in the Kansas City area, so we're not online anymore. But I'm assuming at distances or you're separated from a lot of other people or you're small. Have you found that uh, there are, are people that said, hey, I can do church online? And, and in a sense that says, maybe we don't need these real small struggling churches. Um, is there still a necessity or do you see a portion of your ministry with these real small churches that, hey, you know, why don't you do church online and we'll just close the little church? Is there still a need? Or I believe there is because people need people. Hmm. And I, I've kind of seen a pushback that folks that, during the COVID time, uh, what happened with our guys is some of them, quote unquote, became televangelists. Some of them, they are little churches with really prepared, good gospel preaching teachers in these little towns. They all of a sudden uh, got, I don't want to say notoriety, but they all of a sudden got a platform through the uh, internet. They all of a sudden were able, because they were trying to reach their people, uh, not only did they get their people online that normally came on a Sunday morning, but they also uh, went worldwide. Uh, so they, became, but 
there it is really I don't believe we can ever replace people to people mm. that that you're going to need that real person uh, in town that comes to your house that does coffee with you. Uh, you can only do so much video. We've had we've had uh, in the past churches that have waited for a missionary. And when they finally get a real person, they say, we're really, we've been so tired of listening to great preachers on video, but you can't touch a video. You can't touch the computer. I mean, it, it's, it's not human and to ask questions, to have that interaction. Yeah, we can, we can do the Zooming. We can do this kind of like what you and I are doing, and that's great. But there's just something special that I believe God has made us to be in real human community that the electronics and technology I don't believe will ever uh, replace that and maybe even to the point that the rural church the small church will become even more essential uh, because of the fact that uh, we in our little places if they uh, you can our guys can spend more quality time with everybody in their congregation than say the big city pastor that has all, there's only so many hours in a day and he's so many hours in a week and you only have so many hours in your life and mm. if you have a smaller uh, community of people you can get to them and yeah maybe they won't be together uh, for one reason or another on sunday morning but and I hope they will. We, I think it's important mm. to be able to be together. But there's churches so much more than just Sunday morning. Mm. It's the interaction all week long with your past, your ministry couple uh, to talk about real life issues, to be in your home. Uh, our missionaries, we, they, uh, they, they do uh, half of their time in visitation. Huh. And uh, and with the people, yes, they want to preach well, and they can do that either on Sunday morning. But church is not the building; it's it's being out there with the people. And I don't think electronics will ever replace that. Huh. So so you you raise an interesting comparison here to uh, ministry in a more metropolitan or maybe a suburban setting as opposed to a rural small uh, town. What? Describe a typical week, or what, what does a village missionary, village missions missionary pastor do with his time? Okay. Well, let's busy. start. I'll just walk through a week in general without all the details. That would take forever. Our yeah. guys are very, very busy. Uh, let's say let's start. Uh, let's start Monday morning. Uh, Monday morning, you've just had your Sunday. We'll get to it. But Monday morning, you come into your office and you kind of debrief and whatever, think through what you just went through uh, probably the first thing they start with is their own personal devotional life mm -hmm. they uh, spend time with the lord making sure that their walk with god is great and obviously you're going to eat your meals and all that during the day and i'm not going to go into that but a typical day is you have your quiet time checking in with the lord uh maybe do some filing work whatever whatever they do in their office on monday but then just kind of think about their people pray about their people and then uh, they might have uh, in the afternoon an opportunity to go see somebody or in an evening you might have a uh, 
board meeting uh, or something like that happen. And so let's get through Monday. Then you get to Tuesday and typically Tuesday morning, you start thinking about uh, your sermon. And again, you start it with prayer and say, Lord, what do you, would you have me preach? And most of our guys are expositional. Uh, so they're working through a book of the Bible with their churches. Uh, it's so you're taking your text and you, you, you focus time on preparing the text. And usually you do that. Uh, I used to do it like Tuesday through Thursday, uh, work in the mornings. That was my study time and sometimes Fridays, but work in the mornings to get my sermon really going and prepared and that kind of thing. And then you have lunch with the family and then afternoons you go out and you visit your people. Uh, you have, most of our guys, we try to encourage them to have a systematic visitation, going to the hospitals, of course, but then to you visit your people in your congregation, that's important to keep that team going, but then to go and visit new people that might be in town or people that are unchurched and just go, and you might have a, a widow lady over here that needs her garden toad, uh, hoed. So you go help her, uh, you see where the needs are and you spend your time. If you're in ranch lands, you go out and do fencing, uh, go to the brandings, whatever the people do, uh, our guys do it with them. And so you spend your afternoons doing that. Uh, then you come home and your kids, if they've come home from school, you check in with them, have supper, and then there might be a Bible study uh, that you that you teach in the evening. We have what we call a Contenders Discipleship Initiative, which is a Bible college online. Uh, you might spend your time in the evening teaching Bible college seminary type courses to your church people, because again, not everybody can make it to Calvary. But uh, uh, what we try to do is have our guys equipped so that they will be able to teach Bible college type of courses to their people, to uh, equip their people. And then, uh, and that's, let's say that's Tuesday. Then Wednesday, pray again, work on your sermons some more, uh, do some more visiting. You might uh, uh, have a hospital call. You might have, uh, say, a town about an hour away where you have somebody in critical care. Uh, so you take off uh, and go there and do some shopping. You gotta buy food for the family. And sometimes your town doesn't have a grocery store. So uh, you pick up that food and then you do the visitation in the hospital. Uh, then you come back, have supper and maybe have a board meeting and uh, or your Wednesday night. You might have prayer meeting, might have another Bible study to do and then uh, get to Thursday again, prayer, working on your, your sermon uh, and that kind of thing. And then uh, uh, whatever kind of extra ministries. Oh, and you might have a kids ministry in there too, like an after school Bible club to do a WANA, uh, one of those at, one of those evenings to do. And then you get to Friday and I used to take Friday as my day off. Uh, so that was family day and uh, that was important. We want our guys, their first congregation is their family. And so then you're working with your family and we always used to, I love to have our daughter be part of our ministry. So sometimes we would do things as a family that uh, care for somebody in need. And then you get to Saturday and you, you might, mow, mow, might mow the lawn, whatever, like normal. But even while I was mowing the lawn, my head was sinking through my sermon again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what I was going to, my Sunday school class or whatever teaching I was going to do. And then you go through Saturday, you might do something with the family. And then Sunday morning, you turn the lights on, make sure the heat's set right. 
uh, you start up the day. You might teach a class. If, if, uh, you might be teaching an adult class. Your wife and family might be teaching some other classes. Uh, all those kind of things go on. You teach your sermon. Uh, then you have lunch after Sunday. Uh, if you're a musician, you probably have done some singing, whatever, on the Sunday morning service. You do that. Go out for, or you might, one of the things we, our guys often do is Sunday noon, you invite people over to your house and you do hospitality and, uh, and eat with them and whatever. And then you're exhausted. Uh, so <laughs> in the afternoon, you usually take a nap. And then uh, whatever you do in the evening, it might be a board meeting, might be, uh, you know, some kind of ministry in the evening. And there you are back to Monday again. Yeah, it, it sounds very much like a typical pastorate. But yeah. what is unique about rural or small church, small town ministry? What's unique? Well, one, one of the things is the size, uh, the intimacy, maybe. Uh, that each one of those little towns is a culture to itself, mm. uh, that uh, not, not any two towns are exactly the same. Uh, mm. So you have to you have to take time to exegete your town, know what the football team is. Yeah, and part of that, what I was talking about even in the schedule, is uh, those little football game, those football teams are important. So you go to the football games. Uh, one, one of the things that's unique is uh, you are it as far as a gospel presentation to those people. Uh, you're the only pastor in town. And part of Village Missions is not just to care for the church, but is to go out and take the gospel to the people. And mm -hmm. if you're not there, there's no other pastor in town that's going to talk to that unchurched person about who Jesus is. Uh, and that's that's unique. The, uh, we're very most of our small towns are pretty uh, agricultural in focus mm. compared to, say, your uh, big cities. Uh, most of your folks are making their living somehow in, off the land one way or another or people that work the land are the people that they that they provide services for. So there's a, a lot of agricultural context in your life as well. Uh, one thing that's unique is everybody knows everybody as a whole, and everybody seems to be related to one another as a whole. So there's some things where you need to be careful that you don't come between people, uh, mm. that their, their blood they're a lot closer in blood than you are as a coming in as a quote unquote outsider and uh, things uh, and they they don't forget fast. Uh, if once you have credibility with them, it, it goes a long way. But once you lose credibility, it goes on for years. Uh, you know, so there's there's some pitfalls that you have to be careful about and they don't change fast. Uh, we always tell our missionaries, don't change anything the first year, second year, maybe third year. Uh, there's inbred uh, culture that you have to know. You have to exegete your field really, really well. Uh, you don't have as many people coming and going in your community like you might have in the cities where you have a more 
liquid uh, uh, clientele, if I want to use that word. Uh, in the small towns, you have people who have been, their family lines have been there forever, it seems like. And yeah. uh, they they remember their history. And, and where grandpa went to church is where the grandkids, the great grandkids, they'll be connected to that church even if they don't go. Yeah. So there's <laughs> all of those kind of, there's a dynamic there that's very unique to rural that uh, you have to be aware of compared to what you probably find in the cities where people don't know each other maybe as well. Um, but that's that's my perspective. Sounds like a missionary. Uh, you know, everything I hear, I've never been a missionary, but uh, as you call your pastors, they're missionary pastors, they got to go into a culture and exegete it. They can't just right. go in and assume they understand what ministry is. Yeah, they learn ministry in school or however they learned ministry, but then they've got to learn how to live in that community. And one of the things, Mike, that's very clear, I love you hit it on the nail on the head is missions. You know, there's this concept of foreign missions, a lot of the same process of missions that foreign missionaries follow is what we follow. Uh, say, for example, language. Uh, I believe that, it, yeah, I found it to be true that every one of our little towns, even though they have English as the main language, uh, every town has its own form of English. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there was one town that I uh, lived in where they would say, uh, in the winter, stay off the table. And I think of a table as what you eat off of. Uh, and in that case, they were referring to a place between a geography between a forested area and another forested area. There were there were no trees. And when the winter hit, if you got onto that long stretch of highway in a blizzard, you could die because of the cold and the winter and no and, and the ice. And they so in the winter, they say, stay off the table. Mm. And so you have to know you have to learn what words mean in that culture and that's just one example so there's language that has to be learned there has to be learned what you do and don't do in that town what yeah. what you talk about like the difference between cow uh i mean uh, farming and ranching and uh you know the farmers and ranchers don't always see the <laughs> same thing the same way as they you know you have to all that you have to know about so we always tell our guys exegete your field. And that's what four missionaries have to do too. And cool. we do the same thing. Yeah. Well, well, John, I, I want to step into uh, one item in our last two minutes here uh, that uh, Calvary and Village Missions, we've had a relationship for a long time, Calvary University yeah. and Village Missions, but we have partnered in what, what's known as synergy. What is that in light of Village Missions? Right, and the word is they're partnering, is uh, Calvary University provides a wonderful, fantastic Bible college, uh, Bible university seminary framework of understanding the Bible. And you need to have in your toolbox, uh, if you're gonna be called to church revitalization, rural America, you need to have a solid understanding of the Bible. That is paramount, you've gotta have that. And Calvary gets, gives that to our uh, to the folks that come out of there and I, we're so happy about that uh, what village missions provides is an environment for those folks that have studied at calvary or are studying at calvary 
an environment to go and put into practice what they have gained in the classroom. And while they are studying at Calvary, they are connecting with those missions, learning about we do things, and are actually able to go out and spend time in a, not just a weekend at a time once in a while, but over a long period of while they are in college and uh, put into practice what they've learned in the classroom, immediately put it into practice on a real village missions field mm -hmm. and be able to uh, be visited with by a village missionary, a district representative, which are our pastors to the pastors, myself, uh, getting to know them really well and answer their questions so that when they graduate from Calvary, the goal is that if they have, uh, they'll go through our process, they know us, uh, that Village Missions then will accept them and put them immediately on what we call an on-ramp onto a uh, Village Missions field, be able to start ministering right away. The old way things were done was uh, the colleges would train them and then they weren't sure what they wanted to do or whatever, they'd never tried anything. So then they tried all sorts of agencies and maybe find the right one. And, but that might forget a whole bunch of what they learned while they were in the classroom. What mm. we're trying to do with Synergy is put it all together. So the local church, the local VM field, the village missionary, Calvary professors, all of us working together help that student, that couple, uh, make sure that this is where they're called to rural America, i.e. through village missions. And if we're all in agreement, then it's like, okay, we are the on-ramp to get them together to their village missions field. And that's what we're what we're doing, trying to do together. Oh, well, great, John. Well, I, I, you could, and I'm gonna speak to our, those that are listening today, you can definitely contact Calvary University and ask about the Synergy program. Or John, if someone wanted to contact you all directly at Village Missions, how would they do that? What's a good contact point? Yeah, villagemissions.org. And they could, and you go to your, our uh, website and there's a place there for contact information and comment. And you can say we are interested in the Village Missions Calvary on-ramp program. Mm -hmm. And it will be, uh, Village Missions will then connect you with me and uh, we will have a conversation and be able to get you plugged in and we'll plug you in with Calvary and uh, that would be great. Great. Well, we'll put that information uh, attached to this so people can pick that up. Can they contact you personally? If so, what's an email for yes. you? Would you mind? Yeah, the email for me personally is J, all little letters, J Hansen at villagemissions.org. Great. Well, John, thank you very much. We're out of time, uh, but thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank our listeners today for joining us in the conversation. It's been my privilege. And I really thank you and thank Calvary for uh, connecting with Village Missions. And any of you students out there or folks uh, considering rural America ministry, we would just love to have a conversation with you. Great. Thanks, John. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.